The Book of Psalms, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, followed by Spurgeon's commentary. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. The poor broken-hearted father complains of the multitude of his enemies. And if you turn to Second Samuel, you will find it written that the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom, while the troops of David constantly diminished. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Here is a note of exclamation to express the wonder of woe which amazed and perplexed the fugitive father. Alas, I see no limit to my misery, for my troubles are enlarged. There is enough at first to sink me very low, but lo, my enemies multiply. When Absalom, my darling, is in rebellion against me, it is enough to break my heart. But, lo and behold, Ahithophel hath forsaken me. My faithful counselors have turned their backs on me. Lo, my generals and soldiers have deserted my standard. How are they increased that troubled me? Think of what David is going through at this time. Troubles always come in flocks. Sorrow hath a numerous family. Many are they that rise up against me. Their hosts are far superior to mine. Their numbers are too great for my reckoning. Let us here recall to our memory the innumerable hosts which beset our divine Redeemer, the legions of our sins, the armies of fiends, the crowd of bodily pains, the host of spiritual sorrow, and all the allies of death and hell set themselves in battle against the Son of Man. Oh, how precious to know and believe that he has routed their hosts and trodden them down in his anger. They who would have troubled us, he has removed into captivity, and those who would have risen up against us, he has laid low. The dragon lost his sting when he dashed it into the soul of Jesus. David complains before his loving God of the worst weapon of his enemy's attacks and the bitterest drop of his distress. Oh, says David, many there be that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Some of his distrustful friends said this sorrowfully, but his enemies exultingly boasted of it and longed to see their words proved by his total destruction. This was the unkindest cut of all, when they declared that his God had forsaken him. Yet David knew in his own conscience that he had given them some ground for this exclamation, for he had committed sin against God in the very light of day. Then they flung his crime with Bathsheba into his face, and they said, Go up, thou bloody man. God has forsaken you and left you. Shimei cursed him and swore at him to his very face, for he was bold because of his backers, since multitudes of the men of Belial thought of David in like fashion. Doubtless, David felt this infernal suggestion to be staggering to his faith. 
If all the trials which come from heaven, all the temptations which ascend from hell, and all the crosses which arise from earth could be mixed and pressed together, they would not make a trial so terrible as that which is contained in this verse. It is the most bitter of all afflictions to be led to fear that there is no help for us in God. And yet remember, our most blessed Savior had to endure this in the deepest degree when he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew full well what it was to walk in darkness and to see no light. This was the curse of the curse. This was the wormwood mingled with the gall. To be deserted of his father was worse than to be despised of men. Surely we should love him who suffered this bitterest of temptations and trials for our sake. It will be a delightful and instructive exercise for the loving heart to mark the Lord in his agonies as here portrayed. For there is here, and in very many other psalms, far more of David's Lord than of David himself. Selah. This is a musical pause, the precise meaning of which is not known. Some think it's simply a rest, a pause in the music. Others say it means lift up the strain, sing more loudly, pitch the tune upon a higher key. There is nobler matter to come. Therefore retune your harps. Harp strings soon get out of order and need to be screwed up again to their proper tightness, and certainly our heart strings are evermore getting out of tune. Let Selah teach us to pray. Oh, may my heart in tune be found like David's harp of solemn sound. At least we may learn that wherever we see Selah, we should look upon it as a note of observation. Let us read the passage which precedes and succeeds it with greater earnestness. For surely there is always something excellent where we are required to rest and pause and meditate, or when we are required to lift up our hearts in grateful song. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Here David avows his confidence in God. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. The word in the original signifies more than a shield. It means a buckler round about, a protection which shall, which shall surround a man entirely, a shield above, beneath, around, without, and within. Oh, what a shield is God for his people! He wards off the fiery darts of Satan from beneath and the storms of trials from above, while at the same instant he speaks peace to the tempest within the breast. You are my glory. David knew that though he was driven from his capital in contempt and scorn, he should yet return in triumph, and by faith he looks upon God as honoring and glorifying him. Oh, for grace to see our future glory amid present shame. Indeed, there is a present glory in our afflictions, if we could but discern it. For it is no mean thing to have fellowship with Christ in his sufferings. David was honored when he made the ascent of Olivet, weeping with his head covered. For he was in all this made like unto his Lord. 
May we learn in this respect to glory and tribulations also, and the lifter up of my head. Thou shalt yet exalt me. Though I hang my head in sorrow, I shall very soon lift it up in joy and thanksgiving. What a divine trio of mercies is contained in this verse. Defense for the defenseless, glory for the despised, and joy for the comfortless. Verily we may say, there is none like the God of Jeshurun. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. Why does he say, with my voice? Surely silent prayers are heard too. Yes, but good men often find that even in secret they pray better aloud than they do when they utter no vocal sound. Perhaps they pray better aloud than they do when they utter no vocal sound, because David would think thus. My cruel enemies clamor against me. They lift up their voices. But behold, I lift up mine, and my cry outsoars them all. They clamor, but the cry of my voice in great distress pierces the very skies, and is louder and stronger than all their tumult. For there is one in the sanctuary who hearkens to me from the seventh heaven, and he has heard me out of his holy hill. Answers to prayers are sweet cordials for the soul. We need not fear a frowning world while we rejoice in a prayer-hearing God. Here stands another Selah. Rest a while, O tried believer, and change the strain to a softer air.